You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. One thing I definitely appreciate is seeing how God orchestrates things because um, I'll be the third person today to reference 1 Peter 5 8. <laughs> That's not the main verse I'm doing, but I do incor- in- incorporate it, and I find that really, really inspiring to know that it's not us that's preparing, but God's in the midst of what we're doing, especially when you have multiple people preaching and it's all the same thing. It's really cool to see. And um, this last few weeks has been pretty trying for me, um, spiritually speaking, because. Um, I found out that I'm going to be here doing this, and I got really excited, but at the same time, that puts a big target on my back, and Satan's been throwing some darts my way and trying to tear me apart and, and uh, hinder my marriage and, and the, the uh, what's the, the word, um, the testimony, like you said, the testimony that I bring to lead, and I, I every Sunday, I'm blessed to work with a group that we call Legacy in our church. It's, it's post-high school and young Christian ministry, and um, it's been really inspiring. We call it Legacy because we want to be the new Legacy. We want to, we because we are new creatures, we want to continue a godly legacy in our family, and, and whether we're the starting point or the continuation of that, that's our goal. So I, I, uh, I'm fortunate enough to be a part of that ministry, and I've had a hard time with that, and I've been, you know, bringing that to the group because he's been trying to tarnish my testimony this last couple weeks. And these verses that we're going to go over, when I when I finally got the inspiration on what I was going to preach today, I I've just sometimes, and I heard I heard this one time in a message that preachers sometimes they preach from what they've experienced, sometimes they preach, you know, things that they're going through at that time and then sometimes it's what they're about to hit and they better you know get ready because what they're what they're studying and what God's laying on their heart is just to prepare them for what's coming and this definitely is applying to that because I've been going through a lot this last couple weeks and and you know I've got victory over that because of of the the message that he gave me um so if you would turn to Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 the title of my message is power in Christ and there's three things that we're going to look at in this message and the first thing is what do we wrestle with second is who has power over those things that we wrestle with and three how do we tap into that power so verse 6 or sorry verse 12 chapter 6 in Ephesians it says for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. We all have sins in our life that we wrestle with. And Galatians 5, 19 through 21 lays it all out for us. It says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, which are all sexual acts, lasciviousness, also sexual but more perverse, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, which is being controversial, emulations, which is a striving to equal or do more than others to obtain carnal favors, wrath, strife, seditions, which is raging rebellion, 
heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, which is partying, and such like. I can't speak to what everybody is dealing with in, in you know, the legacy group or here today, but we all deal with sins on a constant daily basis that we have to get right with God with. And, uh, you know, it's not something that we need to take lightly, but the good thing is, is it's not flesh and blood that we're dealing with. It's not our old sinful nature that, you know, that we have to be, you know, in our mindset, we don't have to be fighting against that, but it's against those principalities. It's a spiritual fight that we're battling and, you know, it's not our flesh that we're fighting. We fight with principalities. That's demonic forces and powers. And our, bo- our battle is spiritual. It's so easy to get caught up in the belief that our fight is with the flesh. And we believe so often that we have power over those things that we're dealing with, but we don't. And I'm so thankful that, and, and this week I, I've just been reminded constantly that it's not in my power that I'm fighting these battles. But it's, it's the power in me that was given me through Christ who died on the cross for me that I have the power to overcome these temptations and that that brings us to the next point who has power over those things turn with me back to the beginning of Ephesians chapter 1 we're going to go through 19 and 22 verses 19-22 it says what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power I don't want to gloss over the word working, but there's significance in that. Working means he's striving in us, with us, in, in the things that we're dealing with, and he's working in us in his mighty power. So let's not forget that. It goes on to say, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities. Here we go again. All principalities and powers and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Amen. So God, his greatest power is demonstrated in the resurrection and glorification of Christ. And that's the, the whole point of the gospel is, is in the whole Bible pointed to that moment of, of Christ being pinned to the cross and all of the world's sins being finalized there for our, for our benefit to, to finally be able to be with him again. And that's all the world, not just his people, Jerusalem, but his people, all of the world, the intent of us being one with him. This event is eternally and cosmically significant. It demonstrates both Christ's victory over death and his ongoing authority over all things. He's the king over all these things. Christ's position at God's right hand is one of favor, honor, and power, and his position there determines the believer's present and future hope. This position of authority is described in four different ways. One, he's far above all principality. Not just just barely over, but he is far above all demonic forces and powers and sovereignties and, and... that's just, that's not worth taking lightly because, you know, we seem to think that we're, we're dealing with the, these things on our own. But no, he, he's set far above those things and he's within us. Second thing that, it, that this mentions is he's over every other name. Philippians 2.9 says, wherefore God hath highly exalted him 
and given him a name which is above every name. And number three, all things are under his feet. So everything, he's sitting above and ruling over all those things. And he, number four, is the head. He's the ruling authority over all things. That's powerful. And, and we, need to, we need to remember that. Um, Colossians chapters 1 and 2 shows us how Jesus has power as creator. Colossians 1.16 says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. And here we go again. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. The words, for by him were all things created, identify Christ as the creator. And then it goes to say that are in heaven and that are in earth, making him the origin of all things. Christ is the uncreated creator, and there's nothing in heaven or earth that he did not create. I mean, that, if that doesn't paint a picture of, of his power, I don't know what does. And then the verses go on to say visible and invisible. So that, that broadens the scope for us a little bit more. It says these terms refer to earthly creatures, so visible, and spiritual beings. Spiritual beings are further described as thrones, dominions, principalities, which is demonic forces, and powers, which are authorities in heaven. All things are created by him. There's nothing outside the scope of Christ's sovereignty. Since all things natural and supernatural were created through him, they are subject to his authority. He's the king of all. Not just, you know, our lives, but he's the king over everything. That's everything we fight against. So number three is how do we tap into that power? We have power in him. Personal victory over these things depends on God's power in our own lives. And if we don't give him that power, we'll never be able to fight against it. Our will to resist the devil is, is in his power. And if we don't give God you know, those things in our lives, we're never going to be able to do that. So let's look at how do we resist the devil. Ephesians 4.26-27 through 27 says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Not all anger is sin. There's definitely sinful anger out there, but there's righteous anger too. But we need to make sure we're not letting festering or uncontrolled anger enter our lives because that gives Satan an opportunity to work. It gives him a foothold into our lives. So if we're dealing with that, we need to surrender it right away. And we need to get right with the people that we're, we're angry with or the situation. If, if it's not something within our power, give it to God. He'll deal with it. Um, James 4, 7 goes on. It says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. That right there, that verse hit me hard this week because Satan was trying to get, you know, these little lies whispered into me that, you know, I, I shouldn't come and preach this. I shouldn't, you know, I, this isn't worth preaching. But that's just because he didn't want me to glorify God. <laughs> and he didn't want me to remember who has the power in my life. And so we need to be faithful and obedient to only God. Not to what we hear. Not to our jobs. We need to be faithful in our job because that's something he provided. But we need to... to be obedient to what he's doing in our life and what he's calling us to. Then we can resist the devil and he will flee from us. And we, sometimes we just need to remind the devil who's got the power, right? I did definitely this week. And, and those are the moments that I finally had peace because he, he wants to tempt us. First Peter 5, 8. Here we go. <laughs> We've already covered this, so I don't need to say much about it. But we need to be sober. We need to be vigilant. 
Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. So we must remain sober. Obviously, we need to be aware of what's going on around us. An adversary, the devil, who seeks to slander and accuse us, that covers, you know, his titles right there. He prowls like a roaring lion, seeking to devour us. He wants to diminish us. He wants us to be weak. And he wants to tear us down until we're just like that mouse that you were talking about. Like the cat is just going to keep playing with it until it's dead. And that's what Satan wants to do with us. His main purpose is to ruin us. And he, he can be resisted if we stay firm in our faith. And, how, and the only way we're going to remain faithful or firm in our faith is if we're in the word. If we're not reading the Bible on a daily basis, we're going to be easily tempted by the false doctrines. Jesus said that there's going to be false prophets. There's going to be false doctrines. There's going to be these, these things in the world coming that are going to pull us away. And, and obviously Satan wants to pull away the people that haven't yet been saved. And he wants to keep them from glorifying God. But he also, if possible, will even the elect, he'll, he'll diminish and he'll, he'll pull away from God. That's us. That's the ones that are saved. He's trying so hard to keep us with the false doctrines and the things that seem like they sound right to pull us away from the truth. But Jesus resisted the devil using scripture. Satan came at him, tempting him in the, in the wilderness with scripture. But out of context. So if, if we take everything out of context and believe it, then we can't stand firm on that faith. We need to have faith in what the Bible really says because the truth is powerful. Amen. And you guys don't know much about my history, but... October 17th is when, and just last year, I mean, I've been saved for 16 years, but it wasn't until last year that just by the grace of God, I got to this Bible camp and like, he just, he just kept working on me. Like, I, I needed to be there to hear the truth and, and to finally submit myself at a hundred percent. Um, and that's with it, you know, with forgiveness and just obeying the will in my life to, to finally surrender everything. And I thought I had surrendered myself to him, but I still held on to all of the, the anger and, and the hurt in my life because I didn't grow up in a good home. And, and I'm just lucky I even got saved 16 years ago because we didn't go to church. You know, I didn't grow up with that kind of a, a life. And, and just within the last year, it's just, it's just a testimony to, to what God can do because you know, the word is amazing and God is amazing and, he, and the word is alive. The Bible is alive and, and we need to be in it. And then we can resist the devil just like Jesus did. Along with resisting the devil, God has power. He provided that power through Christ's blood to help those who are born again. Revelations twelve eleven says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. John, the author of this book, he heard in his vision testimony that believers in the tribulation had overcome the accuser. It's possible that we can overcome the accuser. And it's, it's, it's amazing because there is certainty. If you read this book, there's certainty in Satan's defeat. Because Satan, his whole goal since he was, you know, he was in heaven was to be glorified above Jesus, glorified above God. He wanted to be the one everybody praised, and that's been his goal ever since. But I don't think, 
it's just funny, like, we, we know what's going to happen, and I, don't, I wonder sometimes if he really knows that he's already lost. Like, according to God, like, he's already lost this, so we need to rely on that certainty. And another way that we have power is Jesus continually prays for us in heaven. Hebrews 7.25 says, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth and make intercession for them. Christ's priesthood is without successor. Nobody's coming after him. Like, he is the final, ultimate ruler and priest. And he holds spiritual priesthood permanently because he ever liveth. And he goes to God on our behalf. Grab a hold of that and know that as we fight our spiritual battles, Jesus is in heaven. He's interceding and praying for us at the throne of God. He's bringing our problems to God continuously and daily. And we, we need to bring those things to, to Jesus daily. 1 Thessalonians says we need to pray without ceasing. How can, how can you know, Jesus wants us to pray with him and, and commune with him. And if we don't do that, you know, how are we going to have the attitude that, you know, God's not going to work. You know, God's not going to take care of this. It's so easy for us to believe the lie that this little, this issue that we have is not good enough to bring to him. But it doesn't matter how small it is. You let one little thing go and don't give it to him. Jesus, or Satan's going to use that as his little foothold to start wearing away at you. Everything that you do, deal with, you need to bring to him. Amen. Because he's bringing it to God for us. And that, that is something that you, you just need to hold on to that because that is amazing. And if that doesn't tell you his heart, I don't know what does. Also, we have the Holy Spirit leading us. As a saved person, we have that spirit in us. Galatians 5.16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall, not, ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. God's Spirit and the sinful nature, flesh, are opposed to one another. Romans 7.14-20 is a great example of that, because Paul describes his flesh being at war with the Spirit. It says, and I didn't write it down, but, um, I do the very things I do not want to do, and the things I want to do, I don't. And those books or those chapters are amazing because it, he goes in to explain how you can overcome that. And the whole Bible really leads to that. But chapters 7 and 8 are definitely worth going to if you're dealing with some, some flesh versus spirit issues. And following the spirit will ensure that we can avoid sinful desire. If we are saved, we have the Holy Spirit living inside us, striving with us and fighting with us, not just for us, but with us. He's been there. He knows what we've been through because he went through that to get to the cross. He's already bore the sins that we've already been that we're going through now. He already did. So he's he's led the way, and we need to be on the same path as he is, and and walk with him. And that is the same power that casts out demons and raise people from the dead. That power that Jesus has, he, that lives inside us. Amen. That's not past tense. That's not future tense. Like it, it could happen. No, it is. We're saved. That power's in us now. And God has given us a full set of armor. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, and, the, and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle, here we go again, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. And then verse 16, it says, above all. 
Most importantly, take the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Amen. He is shooting all of his artillery at us at every second, trying to just diminish us. And, and you know, I, I, I was in the Marine Corps eight years, but I fortunately never had to go into battle. But I've seen enough war films, and I've trained in live fire, where you have those bullets flying overhead. That's a scary thing, but you need to have... You know, in those myths, like your, your, your stress levels rise so high that you feel like you can't, you can't make it to the end. You can't get there. And that's exactly what Satan's doing. He's trying to throw those fiery darts and those, you know, those bullets right over your head, trying to just give you that idea like, there's no way I'm going to make it. But he's not the one that's got power. And, and we need to realize that Jesus went through the same thing that we're going through. And those fiery darts are there just as a distraction, you know. We need to rely on him because we are conquerors through Christ. And this is in my conclusion. Romans 8, 37 through 39 says, Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because he is the creator of all things, he's far above all things, and dwells in us, we have his power to overcome spiritual battles that we wrestle with. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Amen. And there's nothing, nothing, no, don't, don't forget that word, nothing that can tear us away from God's love and power. We're saved. We're, we're, we're in his hands. And, and he has the power and he gives us the power to overcome the things that we wrestle with. Those things that we wrestle with are just distractions. But sometimes, and if, if you have kids, you know that your kids can be distracting. But you'll still, <laughs> you, you still have a job to do or you've got things that you, you're trying to accomplish. And, and they're just daddy, 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 daddy. You know, like they're just trying to pull you away from it. But. You still got to mow the lawn, you know, like it's going to, you're going to get it done. And we just don't give in to the little lies and the, and the things that Satan's going to throw at us. Cause those are just little dis distractions. And not only that, those things that we're battling with, think of it as training in a way. It's, it's giving us these tools because next time we go through that same trial, We'll remember that we got through it because Jesus got us through it. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's just, it's inspiring to me because he's been there. And he's, the, he's already laid out in the Bible how, how we get through it. Yeah. You know? And that's why we got to be in the Word.